0: Good evening, everyone. This is your commissioner, Farrell Elliott, speaking. And tonight on One on One with the Commish, I have got a real treat for you. Joining us will be a player who manages uh, to accomplish what many, many football fans can't do. He has both a love of the Browns and the Steelers in his head and his heart. He joined us in 2017 and in a very short time. He has solidified himself as one of our top players, winning trophies in 2017 and 2019. And he's taken even a bigger splash, always known as a prolific drafter. He's taken even a bigger splash here in 2020. His activities so far include the Big Valentines uh, Classic, along with the March Madness Classic. He did two. Uh, divisions in the run to daylight and followed that up with two divisions in the checkered flag. He warmed up by going through two of the many draft masters. He tells me he's in for six main event teams, some live and online. And between now, late May and August, with correct twisting of the arm, I may be able to keep him in the room longer, or even you guys can get to know him like I do. I'd like everyone to welcome in Mr. Vince Staffolino. How are you tonight, brother?
1: I am doing great, Farrell, and it is a pleasure to be here with you.
0: Man, it is. It's great to get together and talk a little bit of fantasy football. We have had a difficult time getting together this week, but you know, Friday night is usually a night that I love to shine, and and, and we'll just do that tonight. Um, Thank you for your participation this spring. How have you enjoyed it? It's been unusual, has it not, to play this much this early?
1: Well, it, uh, it sure has been, I really do, uh, draft a lot in the early off season. It's something I've been doing for a few years, but yeah, it's been uh different this year for obvious reasons. And there's a lot of unknown that's happening right now. And <laughs> you, know, you think about will the season happen on time? Will it be delayed? You know, could there be an interruption? I think it, uh, makes you really think about all these different scenarios in draft accordingly. And I've been trying to mix it up a bit between, uh you know, the rookie fever that I had for a while and then maybe going on all vets, uh, maybe mixing in some players that have a new home where I think they're going to get some immediate
0: opportunities mm-hmm.
1: and then kind of avoiding others. So, yeah, it's been interesting for sure.
0: Well, you know, you came from Kentucky or to Kentucky, uh, and come from our friends at the FFPC. Uh, you were an early player out there, beginning in 2010. What was the first year of the FFPC? Was it 09? What What year was it? I don't even. I remember.
1: believe they started in 08.
0: Okay, 08. Because I was there the first year. Okay, well they uh, netted a T-shirt after 10 years of uh, yeah, me too of play there and and wear it proudly. You know, uh, and and appearing with. uh with Eric and Dave on their podcast uh, was a great favor for those guys to promote the league and give me that opportunity. And, uh, you know, along with you, some of the guys like, uh, uh, Bip Lab Mandel and, and, uh, uh, Hudson, Kern Reeve I always throw the Hudson in there because if you're from New York, everybody works to get Hudson into that, you know, so- yep. oh, and Hudson's a big thing. We might as well throw HUD right in there, but you know, uh, It's been wonderful that we've been able to send players uh, to the FFPC and and just by voice alone and making our stance uh, over their podcast, which has a great reach in fantasy football, we've been able to get in there. And one of of the things that uh, we have hit on, Vince, since day one, um, this 2020 season, ever since the Super Bowl and ever since early March, is that this league this year is going to start on time and is going to give uh, sports fans a product uh, to have. And I've been very happy that we were able to go out and do that. And our players put belief behind that. That was the initial initial leagues, uh, naturally, would fill. That was before the COVID-19. But even after that, when we started the run to daylight, I was very uh, pleased and and really surprised at how quickly uh, they sold out. I thought we would have to go through the NFL draft to sell those drafts. Uh, it didn't happen. The drafts uh, were scheduled for for after the date of the NFL draft, and they sold out a week or ten days before. And, and your contribution to that uh, we really appreciate. Now, how, um, what, when I think about how the COVID-19 is going to affect the NFL. It doesn't relate to schedule and it doesn't relate to when fans are in the stands. They'll manage that. But what it relates to is the off season program, always very important to rookies, many camps, uh, OTAs uh, installing. Uh, it's very important to new coaches. That's why the, the players union and the CBA negotiations allow for more work for the new coaches. Has any of that, The the thought of this rookie class, which is so deep, so full of talent, you look at the player and you say, "Wow, I can foresee big things uh, for this player, and I see him getting better as the year goes on. But has, has any lack of the typical preparatory season affect your drafting so far?
1: For sure, it has, and I think that you know, we we do this every year. A lot of us have been doing this for more than twenty five years or around that. So, you know, you kind of get in this mode of you know this is how it goes, and you know it's the mini camp and the mm-hmm. and the uh, the reps that these guys get, and it's just not happening now. Or it's you know I think they're starting to get together from what I've seen in the news. You know, different groups of players, yeah coaches.
0: But, you know, coaches will be able to. Re- to most of the uh, most of the facilities, the middle of next week, mm-hmm. and players are getting together all over the country, uh, but just without any coaches present. <laughs> but they're getting right, together, right. And, and they're going they're going through the paces. But do you have a position? You know, uh, do you have a position that you think is more affected by timing uh, than others?
1: I think it's it's definitely quarterback and receiver. I mean traditionally, mm-hmm. people think a rookie running back is more likely to be able to just hit the scene and make a difference, but those guys need to learn their offensive line as well, right They need to understand time very much system, so, so yeah you know, it. I have one example. I did, I did a draft with FFPC recently, the Revelations draft, which mm-hmm. we, we claim it sets the ADP. And I picked late in the first, and I ended up taking uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Jonathan Taylor. And in that format, you just need to finish sixth to make the playoffs, a lot like the classics in KFFSC. So I'm thinking if I can just make it to sixth, and then these guys really take a hold of their positions yes. by playoff time, you know, then that team really ascends. So I think it all depends on your format that you're that you're playing and what you think might happen in the second half of the year. Dobbins taking over for Ingram. You know, I see a lot of people drafting the two close to each other. Uh-huh. But I think that's risky. I think you're giving up a premium player to get Dobbins so close when Ingram – doesn't have a ton of tread on the tires and he really had a phenomenal season, except for the calf issues toward the end there last year.
0: And Ingram probably wants to, uh, Ingram probably wants to tell Vince Staffolino that he's the new Frank Gore, that he's going <laughs> to play football. He's going to play football forever. You know, uh, what have you been doing during this uh, lockdown? You are in, in sales management for a company and I've got a feeling that you guys were, um, um Designated as an essential business, so you've been going to work every day. Would that be my Would my guess be correct? Uh,
1: I've been going to work, but some of those days were at home. Gotcha. And if gotcha. Uh, If you weren't essential to whether it's our production floor or or shipping uh-huh. and receiving or engineering, where you need to be in the building. You know, I was able to do a lot of work at home. I've had so many Zoom meetings; <laughs> it's just like second nature <laughs> now. Uh, and I think a lot of this is here to stay. It's just a general yes. comment about business, society, maybe even fantasy. A lot of the changes we're seeing now, and in the NFL, might be here to stay. It's uh well, it's, it's really it, fascinating.
0: It, it is. A, it is a fascinating time, and boy, do we ever need some football? You know, I've always felt very good about the NFL, and I and I. You know, has access to some insider information, but you know, I I was very, very nervous about the college season. And I feel for the college football fans that might be listening to this, uh, I feel much better about the college game. Have you got? You know, you're in the heart. You grew up in the heart of uh, not only the Steelers Browns rivalry, but you grew up in some of the great college football rivalries. Uh, Did you take to that early? Are you a college fan as well?
1: I'm more of an NFL fan these days. I
0: I just love I, hearing that. Thank
1: you. Well, you know, having a, a busy career and then a four-year-old, mm-hmm. I only have the bandwidth to really focus on NFL. So like a lot of people, I'm scrambling to learn more about the college players that I've kind of seen from afar during the season. Um, so, you know, I grew up as a Pitt Panthers fan and then went to Ohio State, so for my undergrad. So I would say I'm a Buckeye alum. I'm not crazy passionate about the Buckeyes, but that would be my college team for sure.
0: Uh, but not yeah. crazy passionate about the Buckeyes, but a Buckeye. That that means you're more passionate than most average you know, uh, college football fans. Hey, you know, uh, let's talk about your draft last night. You had sure. one. This was in the checkered flag division or checkered flag uh, league. What division was it last night? That was the uh, oh.
1: Parnell Parnelli Baker,
0: Parnelli Jones. Yes, oh, sir, Parnelli yes Jones. Okay. Sorry. Now, now here's something that I noticed about your draft, and I got to get to my notes and find them. But yeah, okay. Here we are. You're in the number three spot, and you went Zeke Elliott. Very, very predictable. And then, as you came back, you've got the 22nd pick in the draft, and my favorite wide receiver that goes in that area is on the board. I was waiting for you to take him. And you kind of tricked me up when you chose Leonard Fournette. My favorite player went right after you to team number two and that was Kenny Galladay. What were you that's been a little high for Fournette, I think. I'm not certain, but I think let's talk about Leonard. What do you what do you see for him this year? I see
1: a contract year. And he yep. a guy that just caught a lot of passes last year. He is going to be on the field, and I think he's really going to be motivated for his only big contract in his career. Whether he mm-hmm. uh, he's probably going to move on, let's face it, but he he's got a lot on the line, and he's really talented. And last year's numbers were incredible. If you go
0: and I game. thought so too. I thought so too, and he caught the ball better last yeah. year than yeah. all this all this talk about he he couldn't catch the ball was, you know, we'll throw it to him. He'll prove to you he catches. I feel that way about a lot of running backs, but definitely about him. So Kenny Galladay, was it a difficult decision to take Fournette there, or have I got Galladay rated too high?
1: No, not you don't have him rated too high at all. I love Galladay. In this particular draft and being third, I wanted to go heavy running back up front. Uh Uh-huh. You know, you as you go through my picks, you'll see that I might have been having a little bit of fun too with uh, the frying pan guys and uh, old uh, Kern
0: Reeve. Uh, oh, every, in- everyone's everyone's gunning for Frying Pan Incorporated this year because the guys are in every the guys are in every draft. Now, you talked about coming to this league through the FFPC. Um, I have a buddy, J.R. Finn. And I introduced fantasy football to JR and it was, it was a slow take. It was not infectious. It took him seasons and seasons to get where he actually wanted to play, but he would always hang with me, support me, support the league, uh, recruit a little bit, not too much success. You being a sales manager, you know how it is when you when you've been turned down or when people have told you you're not interested, and then you make one more stab at it. So we sit down next to uh, the guys, FPI, Petrie and Larson. We sit down to the next to them in Las Vegas. We're competing uh, there. We're sitting right next to them on the table. And I've decided that I'm not going to be that guy that walks around at the FFPC contest, handing out cards, but Jr. gets in a conversation with them and he recruits FPI. And he's living off one referral. Jr. is is has gone into the hall of fame off one referral because, like you, these guys love to draft. Do you know they have not missed a draft this year?
1: I'm not surprised to hear that. Yeah, they've they've uh, been in every one that I've been in. So definitely, uh, definitely believe that for sure.
0: Well, you got a hundred percent chance of uh, catching them online unless. Uh, and, and and unless they break the partnership up, you will be able to avoid them. Uh, you will be able to avoid them at the at the main events. But let's get back to your draft. We have to go our third round reversal. Uh, you sit and wait uh, to the end of the third round, and here you take a player that I'm very curious about, Melvin Gordon. Uh, we all know what he did uh, with the Chargers. What do you see happening now that we're a Denver? I see the workhorse of the team. I
1: think uh, obviously Royce Freeman is an afterthought and Lindsay just seemed to uh, never really get back to where he was in his rookie year. I don't know if it was the wrist. I don't know if uh, mm-hmm. it's just the way the team views him now, but uh, Gordon is there. He's the workhorse. He's a three down back and he sounds very motivated, especially to play against his former team. Wow! Uh, that one interview yeah. I heard, and you know, and I was sitting there thinking about a top receiver, but I just really—I was enjoying the thought of starving uh, teams one and two of running backs.
0: And- well, then you came right around. You came. You came around the uh, turn there in the fourth round, and you picked a receiver. You picked your number one receiver, um, AJ Brown from Tennessee. Now, uh, I looked at. Uh, football guys, David Dodge, they're projecting this player to be the fifth or sixth top-scoring uh, fantasy receiver. And I think for for someone who was patient, who got the running backs he wanted, you came in and made a steal here in the fourth round. I, I, by my count, he was either the 24th or 25th receiver to go in the draft. If, if uh, the boys that uh, football guys are correct, and they usually are closer to being correct than than completely wrong. Um, ben Stefalino made a steal with AJ Brown. You expect him to improve upon those numbers from last year?
1: Some of those huge weeks he had, uh, maybe a couple more of those. That's what I would like to see. You know, he had what a couple games over thirty PPR points, which is phenomenal. Uh, then he kind of yes. tailed off in the playoffs, but in the regular season environment he's a guy that can win you a week. And if you look mm-hmm. at not to skip too far ahead, but if you look at uh, Hollywood Brown and then Darius Slayton that I took in the eighth, there are a couple guys that could also get you over 30. So depending on the matchup, and then I have that solid foundation of those three backs that all can catch the ball. Obviously I, I think it's a great start to a draft. It's
0: this draft continued to intrigue me because there's a player and I talked about him, uh, with your fellow uh, Buckeye supporter and one guy who is a rabid Buckeye supporter, uh, the Jason Kahn last week. And we talked about David Montgomery, your fifth-round pick. Now, before you took Montgomery, I'm sitting here taking, wow, his number two receiver is going to be what I think will be one of the best bargains of receivers going in the fifth and sixth round of these early drafts, and that's T.Y. Hilton so I'm all ready for you to push the button on T.Y. Hilton, and it comes up, David Montgomery. Now, here's where, it, here's where I have the question for you. You must start two running backs, one flex, three receivers in our league. So based on these top five players, you've got one guy on week one that you cannot play. Now, is, was that something you thought about, or did you just love Montgomery so much that you did not think you could go receiver and he would come back around to you.
1: You know, I really had a plan to take some of these second year receivers that that like showed the sparks in their rookie year. And I really think they can ascend. And I really wanted the running back depth. And I thought, okay, here's a chance to get a guy who's also, you know, maybe he's not as talented, obviously, uh, but he is going to get a lot of touches. And, what's Nick Foles going to bring to that team that can help him to elevate in his second year. And once again, I, I mm-hmm. kind of thought strategically teams one and two, they, they would grab him. I, I would bet right now that one of those teams would have taken Montgomery. So I really, well, really, that was the driver behind that decision for sure. And mm-hmm. like I said, I think, I think when we look back Slayton, is going to be uh, much higher. He He's going to perform like a fifth rounder. That's my prediction for him. That's why I grabbed uh, Daniel Jones later in the draft, too. I really like the hookup connection idea with those two guys, for sure.
0: To go with your quarterback, uh, Matt Ryan, Gasecki is your tight end. Uh, Goddard is your second tight end. One of those guys may hit, and Gasecki may improve. He certainly did at the end of the year. One of the trends, I was talking about this with Robbie Fetcher, um, uh, last week, uh, ever since the Raiders went out and, and drafted all their offensive players, so many of the Raider receivers that were, were inching up in the drafts are now in the last uh, quarter of the draft. You grab Renfro, you grab Tyrell Williams, you also got Perriman. And one of the receivers that I love, uh, Josh Reynolds. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big Josh Reynolds fan. I think if I were his agent, I would so look. uh, for him to stay healthy where he is and move him out and away uh, off of that Rams roster because I don't think he's on the field enough. I I really like this draft. It will be interesting to see uh, you sitting with this team with these four uh, exquisite running backs before bye week and trying to figure out which one you're going to play. But uh, odds are uh, betting that old – V staff will get it done. Now, that's how we refer to you around the office. By the way, V staff. All these people that have done these great things during the uh, during the COVID nineteen uh, jumped online, taught kids, then been, been uh, real contributors to society. Uh, I've watched a lot of Netflix. Netflix took care of my mother. Uh, lined up uh, fantasy football. And learned how to finally spell Staphylinum, so I got all that going for me. You. you know, that's 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 uh, that's that's about what I've got going for me there. Yeah, have uh, to How be, do you uh, like? You
1: have to be careful. I have some relatives in West Virginia that spelled a little bit differently. They,
0: yeah, uh, they, they spell a little different, different vowels, different.
1: vowels yeah. at the end, or in the towards the end there. So,
0: I got relatives in Western Kentucky that pronounce Elliot different. You know, they don't even know how to say <laughs> their own damn last name. So, um, you know. You took these Raider receivers late. Um, you took the Denver running back uh, in Gordon. Um, this AFC West, uh, I'm tempted to to draft a team of all AFC West sure, players, sure, because I see nothing but explosive scores when they get together. Uh, no one can match Kansas City's quarterback. Looks like if you were going to – looks like if you are going to try to beat the Chiefs, you might try to beat them with defense. You might not try to stay uh, – you might try not try to stay offensively, uh, get into a shooting match with them. Uh, I don't think the Raiders, I don't think the Chargers, I don't think the Broncos can do anything about the Kansas City Chiefs as far as catching them. But I do think they can provide us with some entertaining games and some great, great fantasy games. Um what do you what do you wish you had? Who do you wish you had from those AFC West rosters? And would you ever go high enough on quarterback to get Mahomes?
1: You know, I've uh I've taken Mahomes early in best ball, like second late second round
0: if I'm picking first don't confuse the listeners that best ball will get them it's all confused because okay. you got 28 <laughs> rounds there, you, know. you, can, you got 28 uh, rounds hold it you know, you roll back, back, one, that one, then. Um, roll back. <laughs> we have no take. You don't take. Yes, um, No. I, we're at the uh, we're at the mercy of the anchor app. because it's likely to tell us to get lost any minute but carry on you
1: know, I, I really feel like you kind of hit the head nail on the head earlier that it's going to be catch up and garbage time for teams playing the Chiefs, yep. and you, know, you look mm-hmm. at somebody like Derek Carr, he's going to pro- or he's going to provide a lot of opportunities for those skill position players to catch right. balls late in the game. It's right. it's really in my mind very predictable. And Denver, I think Denver's kind of the wild card. They I, are. It's all about Drew Lock, right? It just seems like it's it exciting is. with what they've added with judy and and Hamler as a return guy, or maybe that guy's gonna have that one big week if you have to use them right uh and a very 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 solid but not exciting but very solid running back so the chargers i am well, sorry. Go, go no go I, ahead I go think, ahead uh, with the chargers that one's hard to predict right now I'm I'm probably one of the few people in the world that's afraid of Eckler. I don't, I don't see uh, confidence there really for me.
0: Yeah. I, I don't want to spend a second round draft exactly. pick on him. I spent a six round draft pick on him last year and I was mighty proud of myself. Yeah. I've had him on rosters for the last three years. I don't want to spend that. And it's hard to say goodbye to him. I want to f- figure out who this year's, Eckler is and we, we may through whatever limited preseason we get we may see that I'm going to throw you some names out of this division and I want you to tell me better or worse and if it's substantially worse or substantially better you can uh, tell me why and if not we'll just we'll just hit and move through them uh, very quickly at the Raiders Darren Waller
1: as far as better
0: ah hung you up on that one didn't <laughs> I uh, Is he going to get those 80 catches? Oh, better than And if the answer is yes, is he going to find the end zone more?
1: Uh, Not going to find the end zone more. I I see similar. Not going to find the end zone
0: more. Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry. Uh, Worse. Noah Fant. Better. Much better or just slightly better?
1: I think he's going to have a couple more big games. Just, just naturally. So Noah
0: fans better still does not catch up with Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry's season performance—he's still got some blossoming to do. Correct. Okay, very good. Let's let's stay uh, let's stay with the Broncos. I want to say the wide receiver is Sutton, number fourteen. Do I have that name right? Yes. Uh, I don't think. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Sutton with maturity and now at quarterback, another year's growth at quarterback. I
1: I think significantly better.
0: Keenan Allen.
1: I think he can reach last year's number. Yeah. It is tough. Uh, I think
0: tough yeah, he's,
1: he's a target hog. And, you know, is it Tyrod for seven games and then Herbert, and then you're kind of off the rails. I, I would say as long as he has his health, he should be within, you know, 15, 15% off of what he did last year at worst.
0: So let's go to an elite player and say, you know, you took Ezekiel Elliott at the third pick and and you, you probably would not have taken this player anywhere in the first six uh, picks of the first round draft. So let's take a look at Josh Jacobs and say, uh, does he have the potential to have a better season than he had last year? And if he does have a better season, he would, he is a, uh, really a steal at the end of the first round. Yes or no?
1: Absolutely, yes. I believe in the the first uh, checkered flag or maybe the one one of the run to daylights I'd have to look back, but I did take him maybe tenth, ninth or tenth, whatever pick I had there. So a lot of a lot of confidence in him for sure. And
0: you know you've drafted a lot. It's something I just thought of and you mentioned it there. Okay, I took Jacobs last time. And this time I'll take somebody else or I'll go for a different part of the draft, which which I'll remind everyone that you can do both online this year as well as live. We're doing all the, the draft spot bidding before uh, we go live uh, at, at uh, Caesars and at Cincinnati. And, of course, before we play online, everybody gets to bid for their spot. So you decide where you're going to pick. And that solves a lot of issues. About how you're going to put your team together, but you've drafted a lot of teams. Do you look back over your shoulder and say, "Well, you know, I I got Montgomery last time. Do I get Hilton this time? Uh, you know, or is it gone and forgotten? Is what you did uh, three weeks ago or three months ago?" Is it ancient history as you plan these drafts?
1: I definitely look back and you have to look at it as a fancy football portfolio. And if there's Uh a guy you love or a couple players you love, you're going to find yourself wanting to take them every draft, especially if it's at value, but you got to ease off the gas pedal. I think sometimes because if there's an injury or that person doesn't perform that year, then it's going to, tank a lot of your team so it's a balancing act for sure but i definitely take all that into consideration
0: you know there's football guys that watch a lot of games you know uh one of our one of our beloved characters uh in the league a guy that that uh, just love him like a brother he and his uh he and his brother tom uh, bobby Sanger and you know i will call him during the year sometime and he's got a busy life and and he says i'm not watching the games i'm not i'm not uh, i'll watch maybe monday night but i'm you know because he is a numbers guy he's got his plan and then he goes you know as we get towards the end of the season he'll watch the games there's other guys that are football guys our guy fetch you know fetch is a, a football coach there's lots of other guys that have have played a little football in their history, you know, Chuck Ewell. Have you met no, Chuck yet? Not. Chuck Ewell, if, if you could, if you saw something out of your corner of your eye and start, and and it, then it started to move and, you know, you might've thought it was a building <laughs> and it and then starts to move. It's really <laughs> Chuck Ewell and he's an athletic, big guy, uh, excellent businessman, you know, 40, late forties, pushing at 50. Uh, uh, played offensive tackle down here. He's just such a great guy. I look forward to you uh, coming to Louisville this year and spending a little time with us and getting to know some of these guys. So my question is this, I think it's a perfect world when you marry the numbers with the knowledge of football. I try to sometime get even with the, uh, what what do you call them? Quants? I
1: yeah,
0: I sometimes try to get even with those guys by sitting around and uh and uh, making them uh, define a skinny yeah. post or a dig <laughs> route or a vertical cross yep. and go, you know. It's uh it, it, but they could get even, you know. I, again I can't even spell coin. <laughs> so if you you know where is it for you personally and and how do you think you make it? Is there a balance? Do you need to have a balance to be most successful? You know, i I've gotten
1: into analytics over the last couple of years, but I've been doing fantasy football for probably since ninety six. So what is that twenty four years? And mm-hmm. I've been watching football since I was seven years old. So, and I do remember from when, when I was seven. So forty two years, and it's about the gut. Feel and the eye test for me. I, somebody that comes to my mind is Arian Foster. I just remember mm-hmm. seeing him in the preseason and just knowing, just knowing. And I remember a draft, it was a home league draft in Cleveland, Ohio that I've been playing with guys since 1999. And I took him in like the fourth round. And people looked at me like, well, who is this guy? And why are you taking him in the fourth? And I wanted to get him for sure. And he just had, yeah. you know, this glide and this lean to him. You knew when he was going to get a hundred yard. I call it the hundred yard lean. Like I would see the first couple plays, mm-hmm. I'd say he's getting a hundred tonight. I just know it. So, yeah, that it, for me, it's all about the eye test and the gut, and that's what makes it fun too. I've got enough data-driven decisions in my work that for fantasy, I want to go with my gut and my heart sometimes too, <laughs> and just enjoy it. And fortunately, it's worked out for me. Uh,
0: Pretty well. I have found uh, in professional football that the most successful scouts working for the 32 NFL teams follow that practice. And you know, with Cleveland Browns, the, the more and more numbers guys and quants are getting into the room and driving some of the decision-making process. And I, I really think that we're going to see just like in fantasy football, uh, it takes a balance, but at the end of the day, you're going, you know, you're going to go with your heart. Now, I, I, how many hours of preparation, um, let's take all the hours of drafting off the board, which I think is obviously the best preparation, but how much time do you stand, uh, or spend listening to podcasts, reading articles, studying searching the internet uh uh, i'm sure you you have your favorites that you uh that you follow Uh, you may even be based on certain guys that you follow i can always tell the the frustrated journalist you would very very much like to have a microphone or you you might want to have a column or you might want to talk a little bit about fantasy football or football in general, because you're obviously well-informed about it. How much time do you spend doing
1: it? Uh, The best answer is whenever I can. It's like I said, um, having a four-year-old in a busy job, if I'm in the car, great time to listen to on-demand podcasts. If I'm working in the yard, obviously Mm -hmm. I've got the buds in and really just kind of tuning out the world and making mental notes for when I'm going to go do waivers or maybe do some dynasty, dynasty trade offers. Um, And then I'll definitely read and and visit different sites whenever I have the chance to. So I think a lot of, it really has become a lot of listening for me if I'm working at my desk uh, and I don't have any meetings or anything or anyone in my office, I can definitely tune in and catch up as I'm doing emails or whatever. So yeah, it's, it's whenever I can really. And I look back and I think about, well how do you do waivers for 50 teams? <laughs> so when, when you, you know, <laughs> do you break up, do you treat it from a discipline standpoint and as soon as you can start entering them do 10 a day or you jam them all in on a Wednesday night right. or Friday night at that last run there. So I look back and I think how the hell did I do this? <laughs> That's
0: I think I hear a lot about that. How do you manage those teams through waiver wires? And I think it's, it's, uh, repeating a process. I think when you're good at something, once you've got it figured out over your two or three teams, you know, the players you're looking for, you can, you can fly through those waiver wires, uh, with great ease and there's apps and tools that you can utilize as well. But I, I really think that that's, uh, a lot of players that don't play as many of those teams are in awe and, and, you know, but really if they were to do it, they would, they would find out that, uh, the, the that, uh, the mini marathon has prepared them for the marathon. It's not much different. Um, any questions you have of me as we prepare, uh, for this, uh, for this season? I, and I preface that by telling you that, i've been hearing from from so many players some guys that missed last year and are looking forward to coming back this year didn't really know what to anticipate we put their minds at ease i think we're we're seeing uh an announcement tonight will be forthcoming on the uh ffpc uh high stakes fantasy football hour that that all their leagues for the live drafting are a go um do you have any questions uh, in regards to the league and, and functioning? Because you, you'd probably be asking that question for you and for everybody else that's out you know, there.
1: If uh, if you can share about kind of your your distancing plans and safety protocols for you know, Cincinnati and, and Louisville, well, Indiana, I think um, a lot of people would be interested to hear that for sure. And and like I said too, when we talked before, a lot can change. To the hopefully hopefully positive, uh-huh. but also to the negative before we get to August. But yeah, I think uh, all of your your uh, your league members. I was going to say fans, definitely fans too. I'm a fan of yours, but I'm sure we're all interested <laughs> to hear, hear your plans.
0: Well, you know it it's it's it's. I'm glad you asked that, and uh, yeah, we've addressed that almost with everybody, but it certainly doesn't hurt in hearing. And, and you know, the biggest thing we're going to do in the draft is everybody's going to get a six-foot table. Next biggest thing we're going to do is we're going to auction off the draft spots before you get there where you'll have a, a name placard already at your spot, and you can go to that spot. Gone are the table covers. We're going we're gonna to clean up those tables and wipe down those tables where you get a clean um, spot to move to. Uh, and I'm working with the casino on how to uh, provide us with the food. I think we're all we're all seeing across the country that the, the day of the uh, of people standing in line and servicing their plates uh, uh, are, are over with. So the buffet aspect of this will be over. But we uh, um, we're going to uh, work with the mask and respect uh, for the other guy. And I don't believe at the draft table that it is uh, going to be necessary unless you want to wear it. You know, you guys really get a break this year. You don't have to look <laughs> at my mug because I'll have a mask on, you know, most all the time. But the it's a, it's a situation where we want to be considerate of that other guy. You know, and, and I've enjoyed good health in my life. Uh, it could be better because I could take better care of myself. but. Despite, uh, despite my uh, habits and practices, I've enjoyed really good health. And I, I know in the crowd are guys that look healthier than me, but maybe even haven't enjoyed good health. And so, you know, I, I'm making decisions based uh, based on everybody's uh, best interest, and, and I think everybody needs to come in with that mindset. And if you do, we're all going to have a safe a very very good time. We're going to set an example of how you're going to go forward with this. You know, everybody here we are with June, July, and all of August before we get together, and you know everybody's going to grow tired of this. But um, I think everybody can see uh, the benefit from it. So we're going to make it safe for everybody. The league's going to look uh, less less tables in the main ballroom. We're going to have a a secondary room upstairs, which will have plenty of elbow room. We've spread out the, uh, we spread out the draft times. There's some early morning draft times as well as some late afternoon draft times, uh, or, or late evening draft times. FBI wanted a, uh, a midnight draft where they could say they drafted from <laughs> one day into another. And, uh, you know, so, so they're getting that and it, um, it's, it's just going to be a, uh, it's just going to be a thing that I think uh, understanding what we're going to do, we'll get used to it. It'll be natural. And by the end of the weekend, it'll be like, it wasn't a, wasn't a problem um, at all, but yes, I I am going to tackle that. And there are some people that cannot come this year and and, uh, and we will, we will have online um, drafts running simultaneously. Let me, I got a better way to explain that if you are drafting from home instead of being, uh, wired to a phone line, what we're going to do is, is have a, uh, is enter the league online where you can make your, uh, choice from home online. And we'll put that on the board, uh, there live at the draft when you make it, that's going to, uh, our good friend, John Rozek, wonderful player, uh, he, he's expecting his first child during fantasy week and i was so I was prepared for him to tell me he wasn't going to draft he said no i'll I'll just draft from home i'll draft from home and you know we'll go to the hospital when i need to go to the hospital. so you know it's just a guy that's uh truly passionate about fantasy football um so this year Main event online, main event Cincinnati, main event in uh, at Caesars. Are we going to see you in all three? You will locations. definitely see
1: me uh, for three in Louisville and uh, online as well. But Cincinnati won't be able to make that one. But that was my first live event with you. in well, we would Cincinnati in twenty eighteen, so it was a good day.
0: Very so good. Well, good. we'd rather have you. We we'd rather have you in Louisville and Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Uh, Surprisingly, here we are at the end of the maze, Cincinnati. Many of the time slots have sold out. We have the morning slot and the evening slots right now, uh, and so that's been. Cincinnati has grown wonderfully. Um, hey, listen, this has been wonderful, V Staff. And before I let you go, I got to send uh, uh, wishes from uh, uh, Jesse Bumstead and and all of you that got the uh, mailer today. You'll notice it's hard to fathom, but. Let me see. The numbers were uh, we used uh, uh, Reggie White. I think that was number 92. Uh, We used uh, 71, Alex Karras. And number 86, uh, Buck Buchanan. And those are the days. 71 until online main event drafting starts. 86 days until live in Cincinnati. And 92 days until uh, live at Caesars Southern Indiana, Louisville. So um, we're, we're getting here quick. There's no better way than to be like uh, Vince Staffelino and prepare for these drafts uh, by, by playing our uh, our Classics leagues and uh, our, our draft masters in, in prep for it. Uh, Vince, there's a couple classics there. Uh, uh, the Bluegrass Bound and the Big Payback Play-In, uh, they dropped down at $99 entry, uh, entries, but the prizes are still wonderful. I want you to take a look at them and, and get in there because, you know, you're going to have 50 teams. What's <laughs> I, or 50 I'm kind
1: two of OCD, well? so it you has know. to always be an even number.
0: <laughs> all right, all right, 100. 100 is a good even number for you, Vince Stafflino. Brother, thank you for joining us tonight. Will you come back and uh, join uh, Justin and uh, – and uh, Robbie Fetcher uh, for podcasts during the year. And we'll look forward to talking Absolutely, and I want to
1: thank you uh, for having me on. This is the triple crown for me because I've been on the high-stakes fantasy football (laughs) with Balky and Dave, and I've done the high-stakes lowdown with Balky. So the pleasure of doing this with you tonight has now had me, uh, like, one of my greatest life accomplishments, the triple crown. It's all that matters.
0: It really is. The third star in the crown. I love it. I'll have to tell Vaughtman about that. Thanks, Farrell. Thank you, Vince. We'll look forward to seeing you pretty soon. Bye-bye.